here to tell you this. We're going to chat. If you've ever watched my blog, or I mean my YouTube and my podcast, you know I just like to sit and chat. So I'm inviting you into my home, which is my life. This is going to be my living room for today, and we're just going to chat about the Lord. And here's the thing. It's cold, but I like the cold better than I like the heat, just like Jan. Some of you came here with a smile that was fake. And some of you came with maybe a hardened heart or a grumpy spirit. Some of you came with a smile that was real, but you still had a lot of stuff behind the smile. We saw Emily come up today with a smile, but you know, if you had met her 10, 15 years ago, she probably had that same smile, but was carrying a bunch of stuff behind it. I don't know where you are today, but here's the plan. And here's the goal for today. When you leave here, I want you different than when you walked in this door. I want you excited. I want you motivated. I want you encouraged. I want to edify you in the way that you can say, I can do this in 2022. We're going to take the ordinary and go to the extraordinary. We're going to see what God has in plan for you to succeed, to be a success in 2022. Now, I will set the stage right now. Some of you will leave just as grumpy as you came in, and that's your problem, because I'm going to do my job to change that. But if you don't want to change, when you go home, you can chat with the Lord. And the rest of you that want to make a change in your life today, today is the day to do it. We have a brand new year. We have a brand new month. It's the first girl talk. Joyce got up here and sang her heart out. We're so excited for Joyce and a fresh new start that God is just bringing her through. So you ready? Let's do it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are present here with us. Lord, I thank you for Emily. I thank you for what you brought her through and for the success that you are going to bring her through and allow her to see in her own life this year. Lord, I thank you for Joyce for being a testimony, a friend, a co-worker, and a godly woman who I could look up to. Lord, I thank you for this message, and I thank you for each lady that you personally handpicked to be here. And all this I pray in your name. Amen. Well, as Joyce said, I have a lot of things going on inside of Keswick and outside of Keswick, so I need to give a good wave to anyone that is here from my YouTube channel because I have people that are, I know one in particular from Oregon, I've got another one from California, I've got someone from Massachusetts, I have someone from hopefully Australia. I don't know who all is watching, so hello to all my At Home with Lynn Wilson friends, thanks for joining me. So we have people hopefully on the live stream that will be coming in from that. And here's the scoop guys, God's got a plan for us. You know, most of us can say in a moment life changed. Two years ago, life changed drastically, drastically. I don't know about you, but I wasn't expecting it. I kept telling my coworkers, don't worry about it. Two weeks, it'll be over in two weeks. And then two weeks later, they'd come up, what do you think? Two weeks, two years, two years. Okay, so we've had two years go by. I don't know what your life has consisted of. I don't know what you accomplished. I don't know how you succeeded in it. I will tell you, when I started my podcast here at Keswick, the one thing I said is I don't want to come out of 20, 2020 and have a wasted year. How many of you, I don't want to say hands, feel like your 2020 was a waste? I didn't want that. I struggled just like the rest of you. We went through the same thing together. I didn't like it. It was like, you know, that uncomfortable shirt and you couldn't get it to fit just right. It was yucky. I don't know how else to say it. But I don't know why God had us go through it. But we did get through it. Then we had 2021 and we were so hopeful. We're going to do it, right? Uh, sort of, maybe. Yeah, I guess. I don't know about you, but 2020 was sort of like there. And 2021 was like a blink. The year came and went, and I, uh, did we have 2021? But we're in 22 now. Fresh start. I gotta tell you a secret, in case you didn't know. Some of you might not know. Most of you should know. Do you know we know the end of the story? How many of you have forgotten that? If you are a born-again Christian, we know the end of the story, guys. So why are we worried about the junk? 
The junk is plain and simple junk. God created this earth for us to just enjoy. He created the Garden of Eden. Two people had to mess it up for the rest of us. We'll deal with them when we get to glory and chat with Adam and Eve. But he still has us on this earth for a purpose. We are here to serve him. If someone had not invested in Emily's life, she might not be here to say, hey, I'm moving forward in the Lord. You know, behind every face, behind every face, every face, there's a story. We were talking about this at the guest services desk the other day, and you know, you see people and you think, oh, she's got it all together. Oh, she's, she's got it perfect. She, she's fine. There's, there's no problem with her. Do you know that for sure? I have a story, I, I'm not going to share it now, but I have a story of growing up and some trauma things that have happened. There are some things that have happened to me my mother doesn't even know. We all have trauma. There are things that you just have to move through and move on with. In the last 10 days, I've had two of my family members try to commit suicide. Two. Two different states, not really overly connected. Two in 10 days. You see me at the front desk and you think, oh, that's just Lynn. She's always got a smile. Did you know I have problems at home? But I'm going to get through 22 by the help of the Lord, because I know the end of the story. We're going to be in Proverbs 3, 6 today. This verse, if you get nothing out of this message, I want to take this verse. I want you to chew it up and chew it up some more and swallow it and be like a cow and bring it back up and chew it up again and swallow it some more. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Okay, I'm done. I can get down off the stage. I've said it all. Remember the Lord in everything you do. Many of us have lived in a lockdown life for a couple of years now, and maybe you're still there emotionally. You just don't know how to get out. You're stuck, and you're just feeling that awkwardness. I don't know. I've had conversations with people, and they said, there's no hope. I'm frustrated. I'm frightened. I'm alone. Turn off the news station. Stop reading Google highlights. You know what? Every time before you make a promise with me here, before you turn on the news, you open your Bible. What? Read God's word. Be encouraged. Because the Bible says to think on these things. Truth. When you turn on the news, you're going to hear untruth. Everything you hear is somebody's perspective. Somebody's got something to say. I have something to say today, too. And I'm hoping and trusting that it's only the words that the Lord would want me to share. But I'll tell you one thing I've got on my side that the newscaster doesn't have. God is already present in this room. And if I mess up, he's going to take over where I messed up. That's not what you're going to find on the news. Turn it off. You have no hope or direction? Open the word of God. You're frustrated and you're fearful? Open the word of God. Oh, Lynn, just, you know, just pray, open the word. I've heard that a thousand times. You're going to hear it another thousand times through this message. Open the word of God. You've got to open the word of God. You've got to pray. Life is tough. Life is hard. But the only way to get through it is to remember the Lord in everything that you do. So, are we going to be a success? Yes, we are. You know why? Because Emily even shared that ver verse, he knows the plans he has for us. The Lord has gone before us. We just have to meet up with him. He's already in tomorrow. He's already heard this message. He's in tomorrow, and he's already got plans for you the minute you walk out that door. So whether you walk out grumpy or happy, he's already in that moment in your life. You were created for more. I know you hear that all the time. As women, I don't know that the guys go it through, through what we go through. We're, you know, an emotional mess. And um, a lot of times as women, we don't feel valued. We don't feel like we have self-worth. And, you know, it's funny because I really am an introvert. And people go, oh, no, you're not. Yes, I am. I would rather get up and go out the back door and not have to talk to any of you when I am done than have to sit there and shake hands and have a conversation. That's tough for me to do. And I don't have a lot of self-worth. Like, if you catch me on a good day, I'm probably not really good. That's my problem. I need to take that back to the Lord, and in everything I do, I need to remember the Lord. I'll tell you one thing, though. It does keep you humble, because when you're frightened and you got to pray, he'll say, come on, you're going to do it. 
you're frightened, that's okay. I'm there with you. And you got to get up and you got to do it. We're going to take the ordinary today and we're going to make it extraordinary. I want you to leave here encouraged to know that this year is going to be a great year. How do I know this? We're going to go through some things in the Bible. The theme for Girl Talk this year is fruitful and being an effective and a productive woman. That's what we want to build in you. You want to be effective. You want to be productive. I want to invest in a life. I want to take the time that my life invested in someone else's life so much so that they could see eternity through me. Can someone meet you on the street and sense eternity? Do they get a glimpse of heaven when they talk to you? Do they just, like, there's something oozy about her. What is, what's that girl's problem? You know, there's just something, maybe it's the clothes, no, maybe it's the hair. I, I did the, you know, the lipstick check and the seed check, and I'm okay. But, you know, when you meet somebody, do you just get that, oh, I got to have what they have? Can they sense eternity just oozing out of you? That's the end of the story, is eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to be in 1 Samuel 25. We're not going to open there right now, but I will tell you, go back and read this story. My favorite story in the Bible is about Abigail. And I have some people that go, who? What? Her? Really? Well, all of the people in the Bible, you pick Abigail. I love Abigail. She was smart. She was beautiful. She had brains. She knew how to run a household. She knew how to do what she needed to do. Now, here's a beautiful woman that has a gorgeous house on rolling hills. I'm paraphrasing here. Lots of animals, and she's got servants. She had her own personal servants plus the servants of the home. Plenty of food. She didn't have to she had stockpile. She had plenty of stockpile. She didn't have to worry about running to shop, right? She had it all taken care of. She had the perfect everything. But did she? She had a mean, rotten husband. He was a drunk. He was a bum. He was a bum. He was known in the community. You know how you have the, you know, the drunk that lives, oh, yeah, down the street when I was a kid? Yeah. Dad always walked to the bar. You remember that guy? Yeah. That's who she lived with. If you've ever lived with alcohol, I did growing up. One side of my family were non-Christians. We have alcohol, drug addicts, the whole nine yards. I saw it all. Been there, done that. It's horrific. I remember the Christmases. I remember the holidays. I remember going, huh? As a kid, you're, you're just bruised for life watching some of this stuff. Alcohol, addiction of any kind can destroy a home. But not only was he, you know, you can get a happy drunk. It says he was mean and he was rude. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us everything. There's things I want to know. You know, I'm an investigator. I want to know the details. I want to know the juice. What happened behind those closed doors? I don't know. But you can only imagine if he was mean and rude and an alcoholic in public, what was he like behind closed doors? I don't know. Did he abuse her physically, emotionally? What was he like to live with? I have no idea. But I'll tell you one thing. She had to have remembered the Lord in everything she did. We're going to see that in a few moments. How can I tell you that for sure? We're going to go over that. She was definitely a keeper of her home. Right now, for me, I have a, um, for 22, I have a word, I have a verse, and I have a theme that I've chosen for my life. And I've shared this on the podcast and on my YouTube channel. And my verse is in Proverbs. And it's, you're going to go, this is a, a wow verse. This is like something for a wise woman. What, is, what does the rest of it say? Anybody remember? What does a wise woman do? Builds her house. And a foolish woman tears it down. That's your verse? Yes. I want to be a woman of wisdom. I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth. I want to come to you and know that if God has placed you in my life, and if I'm investing in your life on the line at the grocery store, for the two minutes that we are conversing, and I'll never see you again, I have two minutes with you to show you eternity. It might not be in words. It might be in my character. It might be in maybe the way I'm talking to my husband or my children, and they're looking like, huh, what's that all about? I don't know what God's been doing in your life. If he's been doing something and I roll in on the sidelines, maybe that's just something to add the icing on the cake that you needed to see. A wise woman builds her house. Just like today, I don't believe your house is necessarily that two-by-four place that you live in with some nails and a roof. Your house is your person. A wise woman builds her person. She builds her house. She builds her house 
in terms of the roof that she lives under, but your, the atmosphere in your home, when you walk in my home, do you feel comfortable? Do you feel welcomed? Or is it, you know, a knock on the door and it, uh, yeah? Did you want something? I've had people say that to me when I knock on their door. I know drop-ins are not the thing anymore, but you know, you knock on the door and you, did you want something, like now? And you get greeted on the doorstep and you're never invited in. Okay, maybe your house is a mess, I get that. But you can still greet me in a pleasant way at the front door. My life, my home, not only my physical home, but everything about the atmosphere that I have created, when you walk in 10 feet of me, or what is it, six feet of me, you should feel comfort, you should feel hope, you should feel encouragement. Even if I'm having a rotten day, I'm having the rotten day, not the Lord. Let's remember that, let's separate the two. He's come to bring hope and to bring life. I just woke up on the wrong side of bed and haven't had my first cup of coffee. You know, but I should still be able to resonate the Lord Jesus Christ. She was a keeper of her home. She had things well organized, extremely well organized. She was a wise woman that, that organized her home. We don't know her whole story. We don't know if she was abused. We don't really know the ins and outs of her day. But I can tell you this, Abigail knew that God had a plan for her life, or she would not have continued to do what she did. She was created for success, and she didn't even know what that success was. Now, she was married to a man, and she probably could have looked and said, Lord, this is what you have me doing the rest of my life. Ugh. And he might have said yes, and I don't know what the purpose in that would have been. And I don't even know what half of my life consists of and what the purpose is, but he does. And if I'm walking with him on a daily basis, it's not for me to always know, but it's for him to be glorified and for me to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has saved my life so that I can spend eternity with him. Do you know Abigail was so respected? How many of you can walk somewhere and people respect you? Doesn't that feel good when somebody like shows you honor or shows you respect? And you can usually sense when someone's just, you know, being nice and, oh yeah, she's real nice, yeah. And then there's other people that you know that really respect you. You have to earn that respect. That just doesn't come miraculously like, ooh, here I am, I'm now well respected. It doesn't come like that. You have to earn that respect. You have to work at that respect. And Abigail was respected. How do I know that? Well, we're going to come back to that in just a moment. Her affairs were completely in order. Everything was in order. How do I know that? Because I'm going to tell you something that she did that I could not do at that moment because not all my affairs are in order. She had beauty but did not flaunt it. She had brains and she used it correctly. She had, what do they call it, a chutzpah? Is that how you say it? You know, when she had to do what she had to do, she was able to do it and get the job done. Many times we're in life, and as women, we, you know, older generation, let's say, you're kind of raised that the man is the head of the house and you were subject to submission. There is something to be said in that, absolutely. But God didn't give you brains to not use it. You have a different purpose than your husband has. You have a different role than your husband has. Let's not belittle the role of a woman who runs the home, who raises the kids, who supports the husband, who can have her own ministry in church. You don't have to sit there quiet and let your husband do all the work. He has a job that God's called him to, but he's also called you to do something. Maybe right now you don't have your own local church and you're like, well, you know what? You don't need, again, two-by-fours with nails and a roof to call it a church. We are the church. So wherever you are, you need to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You need to be sharing with others. We're called to do two things, to edify one another and to share the gospel. When your day is over, look back at yesterday. How many people did you edify and uplift? Ooh, I don't know. I didn't talk to anybody. Well, did you text? Did you call? Did you email? Did you look? Did you make eye contact? You know, there's many ways you can edify somebody and build them up. How many people did you share the gospel with yesterday? Well, we're not going to talk about that. Well, how many people in 2021? How many people in the last two years did you share the gospel with? 
How many people have moved on in life from the earth that you maybe missed the mark of sharing the gospel with? Hmm. We're all part of that community of forgetting to share the gospel. So here's the bottom line. Abigail had a situation. Her husband was being a jerk. David was way over here in the fields, and he was taking care of Nabal's sheep and, and, and being a good neighbor. That's what he was. He was a neighbor. Hey, I'm taking care of you, you know, your sheep over here, and I'm kind of in a pickle. And he went and sent his servant and said, can you do me a favor? I, I kind of need some food and water for the guys here in camp with me, and I got my army of guys, and I just need some food. You know, a little bit of water, nothing fancy. Again, I'm paraphrasing here, but you get the idea. I just need some stuff. I need some provisions. Can you help me out? Like, I've been helping you out. How many times have we said that, like, hey, I did you a favor. Can you help me out here? Not that we do that for that reason. Well, sometimes we do, but, you know, we shouldn't. But, you know, you, you kind of feel like I did for you, you can do for me. And Nabal was like, no way, Jose. You're getting nothing out of me. Nothing. And he didn't say it like that. He was a lot more nastier and a lot more meaner. So David, that's it. We're going to war. Gird up. Get those swords going. We're going after him. The family, we're taking them out. That's it. They're, got, they're done. David was angry. I did for him, and he can't even help me. Well, the servants ran back. Now, here's where I talk about respect. The servants ran back and said, Abigail, you need to help us now. Now, we're talking battle. We're talking war. Somebody's out to get you. Here comes the sword. There's no, well, you know, in a week's time, we'll get this organized. Let's make a plan. Let's have a planning meeting. Let's talk about that. Now, he's coming now. He's got an army of men coming. It's not like he's got two guys he's with swords, and they're professional. They know what they're doing, and they know how to kill, and they've been directed to take him out. So the servants run back. You've got to help us. You've got to help us. What's the problem? We need food, we need water, we need provisions, we need it now. He wants to kill us. Your husband's being a real jerk again. What can we do, Abigail? She had to have that household running so well that she had the respect that they knew in a moment they could come to her. I need help. How is your life? Are you beautiful? Probably. Are you brains? Do you have brains? Probably. Do you have money like Abigail? Maybe not, but we don't need the money. Is your home in order? That when you are called upon in an instant, you can just jump in and do what you need to do? Is your life in order? That in an instant, like Abigail, you can do. God called you right now. You get a phone call, you got to leave. Hopefully nobody's phone's ringing right now. But you got to leave. God's called you to do something. Can you do it? I don't know how many times I'm like, um, um, I can't think. Um, I, 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 uh, 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 you know, and you're like... Okay, that, let the panic disappear, but do you have things in order in your life that when God says it is time to go, you are ready to go with whatever it is that he has given you? It, none of it belongs to you. So she said, okay, you go get the water. You go get the food. You get the donkeys. Line everything up. Let's do this. We're going down. We're going to talk to David. Huh? We are? Yeah. You're going to follow me. We're going to go down. We're going to talk to David. In an instant, her home must have been so well organized. Food to feed this many people, water to, and provisions and whatever they needed to feed that many men in an instant. She didn't have to run to stop and shop. She didn't have to look for the last loaf of bread on the... She had her household running well. When God called her, her home was organized. Her life was organized. She was a success in running her home. Then what happened? Then she had to go to David. You know, I'm sure they're not just sitting there hanging out. Hey, Abigail, how you doing? No, these men are ready to go kill her, her husband, and everything else that, everybody else that was there. So she had to go before David and say, David, and she bowed down. And she humbled herself and said, please forgive my husband. Please forgive him. Take it out on me. She sacrificed her own life for her husband, who was worth what? She was a godly woman and a godly wife. She sacrificed herself to spare her husband. Was he worth it in our books? No. Again, she had no idea the plans God had for her. And David took pity on her, took the food, took the water, fed the men. She goes back home. Whew, got through that. 
to find her husband was taken the next day. God took him. In the end, what did Abigail do? She became David's wife, a king's wife. Did she plan that? We can't plan for that. Did God make her a success in her own right? Yes. Does that mean you're going to marry a king? Well, unless you move to England or something, you're, it's not going to happen. But if your home is organized, if your life is organized, if your heart is right, if we go back to our main verse, which was Proverbs, let me get back there and make sure I quote it right. Proverbs 3, 6, remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. What are you doing? Are you retired? Or are you working? Are you raising children? Or are you raising grandchildren? Are you sitting home with you know, a spouse or, or you know, a, somebody else living in the home? Or are you by yourself? I don't care what it is you do. You need to remember the Lord. I know we hear this all the time, and it, it becomes like white noise. You are not going to see, succeed in 2022 if the Lord is not remembered in every step you take, everything you do, everything. I love the story of Abigail. She had wits. She had brains. She was organized. Like she, like to me, like I always wanted to be a career woman. I never wanted to be married and have children. I am now married. I do have children. The Lord had something else planned for me. And I wouldn't change a thing. But I love having a career. I love working. I love learning. I love every aspect of it. That's my design. That's not your design. But I could come to work and not take the Lord with me, and I'm gonna, I could flourish. I could become this great person in guest services and a wow person. But if the Lord isn't in it, what good is it? Everything I do is meant for eternity. It should have an eternal value on it. When I'm speaking to you today, it's because I want you to know that the God of all eternity wants to spend the rest of it with you. That came from a song from Mark Lowry from many, many years ago. And I have never forgotten that song. The God of all eternity wants to spend the rest of it with you. Understand it? I never will. I don't. I, 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 why me? Do you know he took my name to the cross? Lynn Wilson. I wasn't even born when he died on the cross. It wasn't even a thought in my parents' mind. He took my name to the cross, and he took every single one of your names to the cross. If you don't think you're valued, and you don't think you're loved, and you don't think you have a purpose, you are breathing right now, unless you've just keeled over in the seat. You, every breath you take is a gift from the Lord. If he's given you breath to breathe, you have no excuse than to get excited and say, I know the end of the story. I'm saved. I'm a daughter of the king. I have value. I have worth. He knows every hair on my head. He knows every step I'm going to take. He knows every tear I'm going to cry. He knows every word I'm going to say. He's going to know, he knows every sin I'm going to commit. You know, how many of us commit the sin and go, he didn't see that, did he? You know, like when you did something when you're a kid and you're like, you hide behind the sheet on your bed like mom's not going to see you. How many times have you committed a sin and you've been so far away from the Lord that you kind of, yeah, well, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. And then when you're walking with the Lord, as you step into it, you're, oh, I can't believe. I'm, I, I, you just know. And you can't catch your footing. You just can't. And you're walking into that sin or you're, you're touching it or you're looking at it or you're thinking it or you're tasting it or whatever the case might be. And you know instantly, I just sinned. That just shows you how close you are with the Lord. How many of you can hear a whisper? You ever hear God's whisper? You ever hear it? The other day, it was a couple weeks ago, and I'm not Pentecostal. Uh, no offense, just that's not me. I, raising hands I was never raised in, and that's just not really my cup of tea. But when I raise my hand, it, it, like, it's all powerful to me. I, I'm just not a Pentecostal personality. But the other day I was praying about something that, like, it just was like a burden. Not a, not a sad burden, but like a, you know, when you just, you just got to get the, I got to pray about this. And I was sitting in my living room. I could tell you where the couch was and, and where I was seated. And my husband was in the other room. And I was praying. And I literally looked up. And I am not, you know, I have not seen a vision. Don't go quoting Bill Welty. Lynn's lost her mind. But it was as if I could sense the presence of the Lord directly in front of me. I have never in my life experienced that. And I 
And it wasn't fearful. It wasn't like, let me go tell a thousand people. I just saw the Lord. I didn't see the Lord. But when I looked, it was like I could touch him. Have you ever had a moment where you could touch him? That you could feel him? Has he whispered? The other day, yesterday, yesterday I was praying for all of you. Believe it or not, all of you. I was praying that the Lord would soften your heart to receive the words. Everything I'm saying, somebody's going to get something different out of it. And I was praying about that. You know what the Lord told me? Go casual. You got to sit. Don't get dressed up. Just go casual and chat like we're in our living room. We're going to have a chit-chat. Got a cup of coffee, got some tea, whatever. Put your feet up. You want to put your feet up? There's a chair next to you. Go ahead. Put your feet up. We're going to go casual. And the Lord said, that's what you need to do. We need to start this year off. We need to have fun. We need to be joyful. Do you know how many Christians will say, you can't have fun. You can't have fun in church. Got to praise and worship. Got to sing the hymns. You know, you got to sit in the pew. And No. The Lord said, I've come to give you life. And I give it to you abundantly. And I, all these thoughts were going through my head all day. And it was one of those days. It was a busy day. I was off. And I had lots to do. And not that I wasn't prayerfully thinking of the Lord all day. Go back to Proverbs. Remember the Lord in everything we do. And he'll show you the right way to go. But it was one of those days where I, I kind of felt like I just needed to do other things first. I needed to be a keeper of my home. And the end of the day came. It was quiet. Everybody was settled. And I whipped out my devotional. And I tend to rotate them. I get bored, so I rotate my devotionals. And I open it up. You'll never guess the title of my devotion that I read. Let's have fun. Do, 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 do. I mean, like, it was a devo I have a basket. Actually, I have a, um, like a tote bag that my pastor's wife gave me many years ago. I think it was from Aruba that I keep all my devotionals in. And I just, like, sometimes randomly pick one out and I randomly open it. And I just say, okay, let's see what's going to happen today. And that was the devotional. And he talked about, you know, God created a giraffe. This long neck, is that not something to laugh about? You look at some of the animals, like a hippopotamus, can you say, oh, she's so cute. They're kind of, you know, and you look at the beauty and the sounds in nature and the things that are out there, and, and you look at all of us. You know God has a personality. You know, our, our, look at us. Look at, you know, we're all different shapes, sizes, hair color, this, that, and the next thing. You know God had a sense of humor and created your personality, but you know what else? Did you know you were created in the image of God? He doesn't love me, no. I, I, I don't feel his presence, no. I, I'm not worth anything. I, I have nothing. But you were created in his image. Huh. Would I have created one of you in my image if I didn't love you with all my heart, soul, and everything? Would I have created an eternity that I'd want to spend with you? Some of you, maybe. Some of you, I might ask that the Lord put you on another block. You know, I want my mansion here, but could you move them three blocks away because I don't want to be near their mansion? I'm not God. I have a personality, and I have my flaws and everything else. You were created in the image of God. You have to just, if nothing else gives you value, to remember that. So in the end, Abigail stayed close to the Lord. She was strong and she was courageous. She was a woman with wise words. She honored her husband in spite of the circumstances that she found herself in. She had balance in her life in everything she did. Her home was well organized. Her life was well organized. She had to have walked close with the Lord. Otherwise, when something came just on an instant like that, she would not have been able to do what she needed to do. I want to look at a couple verses with you. We always have to go back to the God's word. Forget what Lynn said. Go back to scripture. Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Hello. That's what the Lord's saying. Hello. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever. Where? Where, where are you going? Going to stop and shop? Is he with you? You going to the dentist and sitting in the office for 45 minutes? Is he with you? You going to church? You're going home. You're going home and it's lonely there. You're going home and there's no one there. There's no one to greet you. Is he with you? He's with you. Are you sad? Do you have moments of tears? Absolutely. Are you a human being? Yes. 
God created us with tears. God created us with emotions. Why do you think he gave us scripture? Go back to scripture. You're crying, you're happy, you're sad, you're frightened, you're angry, you're bitter, you're sick of it all. You gotta go back to God's word. I can't emphasize that enough. The longer I grow in the Lord, it's those times where I've studied God's word and I've prayed. How many times have you prayed? And you, I've been there and I said, Lord, I can't pray. I got nothing. I don't even know what to pray about. I'm so distraught. I, Lord, I don't know what to pray. And I've uttered those words and I've sat silent. I didn't even feel like reading my Bible. It's sitting there. And then I get a whisper. You know how you hear the whisper? Keep your mouth shut. You got to keep your mouth shut. The Lord doesn't come, you know, if he wanted to make a scene when he was born, he would have made a scene. He was born in a stable to two probably teenagers, you know, in a feeding trough in a small town with nothing there, with parents that had no money and didn't have a whole lot. He should have been, you know, it should have been things happening. I don't know what. This is the king of kings. It was very quiet. It was quiet when he was born. He came quietly into the earth. He came quietly into our life. He's going to whisper to you when you're walking with him what direction you need to go in. We're going to be in Proverbs 31:25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. You need strength, you need the Bible. You need strength, you need the Lord. You need to be courageous, you need the Lord. You need courageous, you need the Bible. We quote this next verse like, you know, it's like when you say, hi, how are you? And you really don't mean it. You know what I mean. You know, it's just the thing to say. You meet somebody in the store, you don't know who they are. Hi, how are you? Oh, good, thanks, okay. This is somehow times how we quote scripture. We quote it in sort of like, well, we, I've heard it a hundred times. I've heard it my whole life. It's a good verse. It's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, it's worth listening to. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where's my strength coming from? The Lord Jesus Christ. What can I learn from Abigail? Me personally, I love her story. I know that if I put the Lord in front of me, remember the Lord in everything that I do, that I'm going to be hit with circumstances, but I'm going to succeed in those circumstances. Every circumstances I'm going to go through is not going to taste like a bowl of cherries. We're going to go through some tough stuff, but we can still be successful going through those moments. How many of you have watched people go through something? I could never have done that. There's no way I could do that. How do they live with that? How do they get up in the morning? Why? How do they smile? How, you know, she sheds tears, but there's still joy somehow. Like, have you ever met someone that can cry over something, but you get that sense of joy is kind of behind the scenes? How do they do that? They remember the Lord in everything that they do. You need to honor your vows that you make to the Lord. Abigail honored the vow to her husband in spite of. How many vows have you made to the Lord? Well, yeah, it was a mistake. Um... Excuse me? Did you tell the Lord when you were making that vow to him that there was a contract that you signed that if you didn't like it, after six months you can rip up the contract? When you make a vow to the Lord, you need to honor the Lord, whatever that vow is. You have to remember that courage and strength and joy and hope only comes through the Lord, through the word of God, through the whispers. When... The end of the story comes of your life. What will people say about you? I did a devotional years ago, and I said, right now, you are writing your own obituary. Oh, people don't want to hear that. Really? Think about it. What are they going to say about you? The day you're gone, what can people say? Oh, I'm so glad she's out of here. Oh, have you ever met somebody like that? Sorry to hear she passed, but oh, she was, oh, you remember her? Remember at church what she was like? Oh, she drove us crazy at the ladies' fellowship. She wouldn't, oh, rem oh, him? Oh, my goodness, he was worse than her. 
you're writing your own obituary. What are you telling people but with your life? People might not remember your name. I taught years ago in a business college, and I was there for seven years, and I was not allowed to say Jesus, the Lord, anything like that. But I taught in a business college. You know, Jesus is just part of who I am. I, Jesus and coffee, I'm good. But, you know, I can't not share Jesus in some way, shape, or form. How do I do that? I don't know. I just ooze. Do you ooze? Do people go, there's something different? I had someone who was much older than me, and um, he was gay. And he was one of my students. Okay, uh, didn't matter to me. He was a student, and I was a teacher, and I was there to teach him. That was the bottom line to me. And we had this conversation, and I taught adults. I didn't teach young people. It was an adult business school. Long story short, nine months was the one course he was in with me. And when he got done, we built some type of a relationship. And I knew he had a significant other, and he would talk about him. And I, it really wasn't my place to judge him. My job was to show him Jesus. Now, this is going back 25 years ago when things weren't like they are now, where they're so open. Things back then, you kind of maybe mentioned it. In the end, about two weeks before graduation, his friend passed away from AIDS. And he came and told me. And I said, I'm so sorry. I said, are you going to have a viewing or a funeral? He, yeah. I said, would you mind if I came? You would come? I said, and my husband and I would love to come. Really? Well, I came. He had introduced. This is... Lynn Wilson, my teacher, and he was so proud and honored that I would come. He came back to class. When he graduated, he said to me, I don't know what it is about you, and I know you're into this Jesus thing, and I never wanted Jesus, God, none of that. I don't really know if he exists, but I can tell you this. You got me curious. I didn't know what I was doing for nine months. I was oozing Jesus for nine months into somebody's life. I loved them, liked them, I taught them, because they were a human being. I don't care, it, you know, anything else about you. You don't know about me. You don't know the sins I've committed. You don't know the life that I've lived. But I can tell you I'm saved by grace. And that's what the other human being needs. They don't need your criticism. They don't need your spitefulness. They don't need your whatever you want to call it. They need Jesus. And we've lost sight of that. And our theme this year is undivided. How many of you were divided at the table? Oh, these are the women that go to Tuesday Bible study. We go to the Saturday Bible study. We're sitting at that table. How many of you, you know what I'm talking about. You go to church, oh yeah, they sit over there, we sit over here. You know what I mean. We are divided as a body of Christ. How in the world are we going to ooze Jesus and get people to eternity? If we can't ooze Jesus, we got a problem, ladies. You have heard this from my lips to your ears. You are now responsible. If God has allowed you to hear this, he has got something you need to do. And this year, you're going to get through 2022, and you will succeed if you take Jesus everywhere you go. If you remember the Lord every single step. You get out of bed, pray. You go in the shower, you pray. You go to the grocery store, you pray. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. I had two women invest in my life probably, oh, 30-some years. I'm not that old. I'm only 29 and holding. But 30-some years ago, I had two women in my church invest in me. One lady is actually here today, and one lady is in glory. But I remember the one lady, Janet. She could get you to do anything. Oh, my word, this woman just oozed Jesus. And we would have events at church, and we would have craft nights, and we'd have all this stuff. And, and she, the one day, she said, could you, could you do me a favor? Sure. And you never turned her down. You just didn't. Could you come in the kitchen for a second? I just need help in the kitchen real quick. Okay. All right. I promise I would not shed a tear, but I'm shedding a tear. It's okay. Jesus is here. Okay. So she called me in the kitchen, and I said, um, and she said, just, could you hand me those dishes? Now, she's in front. We had, it was a deep sink. And she's there doing the dishes, and she's scrubbing whatever. And can I hand her the dishes? They're like right there, you know. Sure. So I hand her the dishes. Oh, here. And she grabs the towel, and she says, oh, just those three right there. Could you just dry them for me? 
okay. Now I'm 20s, I don't know how old I was, whatever. I was a kid. Now I can say that, I was a kid. And now I'm drying the dishes and handing her dishes. And I don't know, an hour maybe went by and she was asking me, so, you know, what's your favorite Bible verse? And, and you know, how's your walk with the Lord? Huh? And I'm drying. How did she talk to me? How did she invest in my life? She made me wash dishes. But while I washed and dried the dishes, Janet invested in my life. I'll never forget the night I washed dishes at Bethany Bible because Janet talked to me, wanted to know my, my Bible verse, my walk with the Lord. She asked me questions about, and how do you feel about this? And how are you really doing? Uh, you're kind of cornered when you're washing dishes and drying dishes. Like, what are you going to do? You got to be honest. I had another woman there. I won't mention her name because she's here in the audience, but when she said, oh, I hear you speak. No, I don't speak. No, I heard you spoke at your mom's church. I don't speak. How would you like to share at our, our, we had a craft thing that we did every other week. How would you like to share? I don't want to, no. You'd be great. You don't tell her, well, you could tell her no, but she signed you up anyway. So she just did. And I said, uh, okay, I really have nothing to say. Well, that was over 30 years ago, and I still really don't know if I have anything to say, but she invested in my life and said, could you share one night? 30 years later, I still share because I ooze Jesus. Wherever you go, remember the Lord. I don't care what you're going to do today. If you're falling asleep right now, if you're on your cell phone right now, I don't care. Just remember the one thing I said, ooze Jesus. I want you to be a success. God created you for a purpose. There is no limit to the value that he has placed on your life. If he has you here, he's got a job. You need to get excited and go out of here and say, what in the world at my age, with all this screw-ups I've done, does he have for me today? If you would open your eyes and open your ears and start looking, you know, people are going, oh, you know, the conversation about that thing that's going around. Oh, yeah, they're saying this and they're saying, who cares? We know the end of the story, people. We've got to live life. If you went through 20 and 21 and you wasted it, I'll tell you something. You know how you can make it up? God's mercies are new every day. Today was a brand new day. You can take those two years and throw it out the window and know today I'm beginning the first day of the rest of my life. I want to serve Jesus. I want to succeed. I want to do what Jesus has called me to do. You can do it. You're not alone in this. If you look around this room, maybe there's no one at your table that you know and I don't feel comfortable. You got Jan Welty, you got Joyce Hayes. I'd say me, but I'd rather run out the back door. But you know, you've got Carrie Ann is here from guest services. Corey was here earlier. You have staff members here at America's Keswick that would love to pray with you, love to walk you through the Bible, love to tell you things. I have said this before on my podcast, and I'm going to say it again. I don't know if you're watching through the camera, if you're in this room. I'll tell you something. Do you know in the book of Revelations, it talks about the Lord's going to come home one day? He's going to take us home? Did you hear that? Did you ever hear that in the book of Revelation? The rapture, right? But what has to happen before the rapture? What has to happen? There's one, at least one more person that has to get saved. Can you imagine? We're sitting here right now. And I, I might not be done talking, but the Lord is going to say, somebody in this room has already accepted him, he, and they're the last holdout. Just like that, the rapture could happen. We might not even be able to leave this building today. Our cars are going to be stuck in the parking lot. Some of you might be left here, but I'm going. When he calls me home, we're going. But who is on that camera or in this room that might be the last holdout that needs to accept the Lord as their own personal Savior. This isn't Lynn's Jesus. He's my Jesus. He needs to be your Jesus. Not, well, I believe in God, and he's really good, and I do all these great things. And I've had people say to me, well, you're closer to God than I could ever be. I, I got to do things. You don't have to do nothing. There's nothing you can do. I will tell you this plain and simple. He died. He rose for you. You have to believe that and accept that and tell him, I want you in my life. And when you, if you were the last one to get saved, would you please do it? We want to go to glory. So get saved.
Okay. Here's what I'd like to do. If you're able to stand, I'd like you to stand. If you can't, stand in your heart. I want you to close your eyes, and I, I, we're going to get a little Pentecostal here. going to hold your hands. You don't have to raise them. I don't want to hold hands because of that thing. But we're going to raise hands. I want you to close your eyes, and we're going to quietly, I want you to pray. We're going to raise our right hand and pray for the person on your right to ooze Jesus today. And if they can't ooze Jesus, maybe it's because they're not saved. Just quietly pray for the person on your right. All right, raise your left hand. I want you to pray for the person on your left, that they ooze Jesus, and if they can't, they need to accept him. You may put your hands down. Please remain standing. I'm going to close in prayer, and I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, and then we're going to close with Keswick's verse that we send our colony men off with and we send Barbara's place off with. Let's pray. Please close your eyes. Let's respect the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, we praise you, Lord, for being in this room. I praise you for your word in the Bible. I praise you for the verses that we quoted your words, Lord. These are your words, not mine. These are from Scripture. They are holy as you are holy. Lord, your word would not return void. Lord, I just pray for the people behind the camera. I pray for those watching because I ask them to join me. I pray for the women in this room, Lord, that your power will just surge through this room. Lord, that the people that came here are just grumpy. Get rid of the grumpies. Lord, just put a smile and a hope in their heart. Help them to ooze Jesus today. Help them to have a purpose, to know their value, to know their love, to know that God of all eternity wants to spend the rest of them, rest of it with them. Lord, if they do not know you as their personal Savior and they're struggling, make them struggle, Lord. Make them nauseous. Give them the worst migraine headache there is. Make them so upset that they just have to cry out loud if they have to. I need Jesus. Lord, I thank you. For what you've done today. Lord, I thank you for the examples of the people that you have allowed to invest in my own life. And all this I pray in your name. Amen. Amen. And I trust the verses up there for you, Deuteronomy 31.8. And the Lord himself goes before you, and he will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. Ooze Jesus today, ladies. If you want to connect with me, I do have postcards in the back with my email and other information on the back counter. I thank you for joining me on this cold day, and thank you for giving me your time. I'd love to connect with you in a little bit. Thank you.